when I was obese and I used to blame my genetics, the world around me for all of my suffering, I was identifying with this human form. I was identifying with the beliefs that other people told me were real. I was not living this life as I do now, clearly, right? And the, the mindset that shifted for me uh, came when I started studying spirituality. I started studying writers like Thich Nhat Hanh, or uh, Lama Surya Das, Wayne Dyer, uh, Jerry and Esther Hicks. And a lot of these things were telling me I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's a lot of fluff, whatever. But it makes sense, right? Oh, and Napoleon Hill, right? Think and grow rich. Can't forget that. But a spiritual being having a human experience. It felt woo-woo to me, but something about it felt right. Something about it felt like it made sense. See, when I was a kid, uh, about the age of 10, 11, right around the time I had my first job, <laughs> I, uh, I developed mediumship skills and clairvoyance. It was a very, very scary time for me. I didn't understand how these things were working. I didn't understand what I was being shown. If anything, I was just scared enough to be, you know, afraid that somebody would call me a witch. Not that there's anything wrong with all of you beautiful men and women who are Wiccan or, you know, claim to be witches. There's nothing wrong with you guys. Um, but I mean, in, in the frame of, you know, what I was being taught about the Salem witch trials, right? That was the belief in my mind. That was the fear that I had in my mind that I was going to be judged. And so all of these beautiful gifts that were trying to manifest through me, I was terrified of them. So fast forward to a point in my life where people are now telling me and these master teachers are now speaking to me through these books. Oh, and Alan Watts too. Man, I can't forget him too. But all of these beautiful teachers are speaking to me through their teachings, through their books and expressing to me that I am so much more than this human form. And for the first time in my life, as weird as it sounds, things made sense. And for the first time in my life, I caught a glimpse of what it would feel like to be inside of a video game. Now, if you've ever had one of those really cool movies that you watched where the hero or heroine wakes up in a dream state and in some way, shape or form, they have somehow control over what's happening they go to the mirror, they wash their face, they're trying to wake up, they can't wake up. This is what life now feels like for me. I wake up what most humans think, you're waking up, right? But I'm waking into this human world. And when I wake into this human world in this human form, I am an infinite divine emanation of the source that manifests itself through this human form that calls itself Alita. And now last night, uh, my mom was digging through a bunch of our old family um, history relics. And I don't tell the story quite often 
but uh, I actually ended up doing a Facebook Live. And the reason I shared these parts of my family were because what I have learned now is that what our family has gone through is not about us continuing to identify with the suffering. It's about solving and fulfilling the karmic contracts so that we can break the patterns of hate and suffering in future generations. That to me becomes a gift instead of a curse. And that is part of, in my mind, living in this human virtual reality. So the Facebook Live that I did last night was a history of my mom's side lineage. My mom's uh, grandparents were Mormon. Uh, and my great-grandmother came over on a covered wagon. Now, we always thought that that was pretty cool. And my mom tells stories of how amazing uh, this woman was. And we didn't really talk much about Ma's husband, Ma being great-grandmother. Um, didn't really talk much about her husband other than, you know, the fact that he was an alcoholic and that when he passed, uh, we, as a family, I wasn't there, but we as a family found out about his history because when he died, uh, we found an old photo, an old image of his KKK tribe, his group, whatever you call it, some books, um, and I get choked up talking about this right now because it's, um, it's amazing to think that few generations down that I have been filled with so much love because the two generations between him and me chose to break the cycle, chose to break the mold. When his daughter decided to choose a husband. Her husband came directly from Mexico with a second grade education and a dream to make a better life for himself and for his family. And so my grandfather, Jesus, was an incredibly gifted, loving, and talented man. And she saw beyond color despite the fact that her father had his tainted past. And so when my grandmother and my grandfather were raising their four kids, my mom, my aunts, and my uncle, they didn't raise them to see color. Growing up, when I was a kid, you know, um, when I would talk to my mom about the race we would learn in school, we would learn about race in school. My mom would not register color. And even to this day, my mom still literally does not see color. If you say black or white to someone, it doesn't register for her. She literally has to pause for a second and, and think about it. Like, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. It doesn't click for her. I was taught about race in school. She was not. My mom grew up 
in a neighborhood where she was in a two block radius of all of her 57 cousins. Three generations of her family went to the same high school and not once was there ever a mention of color. She didn't experience racism. I did. And what was fascinating about all of that was that there was so much love that was passed down between the last two generations that I was gifted with the opportunity to understand that I am not my roots. I have a choice to decide who and what I want to be in this physical life, in this Alita life. I can look back on those roots and I can hate. But if I hate those roots, then I hate the genetic coding that also resides within my physical body. And no, I am nothing like my great-grandfather. There is zero hate for me when it comes to color, race, religion. But I also have to take into consideration that those karmic contracts are in my genetic coding as a duty for me to fulfill, as a duty for me to resolve. And so while I may not agree I have to learn the ultimate gift, the ultimate gift that changes everything. It's called forgiveness. As a spiritual being having a human experience, I have the ability to show up in this human form and the ability to understand that I have been dealt a pot of genes, a cup of genes, a series of genes, genetic coding. I don't, under any circumstances, have to accept any of it. Because there's a study called epigenetics, there's an actual science behind it, that shows our thoughts, our habits, our beliefs, our behaviors change the expression of our genetic coding. And I can sit and I can, I can have hate for my one line of ancestry. But if I were to accept hate, what I'm doing is I'm perpetuating the anger, the sadness, and the void that my great-grandmother my great-grandfather must have felt I'm perpetuating that missing piece within me and I would choose to shift that genetic expression I would choose to be a more evolved version of whatever genes have been passed down to me and so I do and see on my grandfather's side, Jesus, the one who came from Mexico, on his side, his great uncle was Pancho Villa. And for many years, I 
wanted only to claim that. I wanted only for that to be the history that I could tell about my family. But that's such a small fraction of the truth. That's only such a small fraction of where I, as an identity, this physical form came from. And so I share the story more as a whole now because my family is proof that transcendence of hate is possible. And the transcendence of hate comes when we stop perpetuating it. We must, as a whole, learn that we are not cursed by our genes. We must, as a whole, understand that these are all karmic contracts. And we came into and we continue to come into this human form that we call I and self in order to resolve this long line. You might have generations upon generations upon generations of karmic contracts that you are here to resolve through these lineages. And when we realize that those contracts are basically our curriculum for life, our curriculum for this one life that we take for granted on a daily basis, you start to realize that life is the greatest virtual reality that you will ever experience because all of this was created as a schoolhouse. You moving through those karmic contracts allows you to move faster and stronger into whatever it is that you want to do. And the sooner you can embrace those karmic contracts as the grist for the mill, as the preparation for your greatness, It's the training ground for your authenticity. And the sooner that you can accept that, the faster you will open up to your true potential, to what's really possible, and to all the dreams that you've been letting die within you. <laughs>